Hey guys, and welcome to the 75th episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This is part two of said chat, and this week I am once again joined by Scott of the 20th Century Geek podcast, and Chris and Dave from both the Comics in Motion and the VHS Strikes Back podcasts. If you tuned in last week, you'll know that episode 75 is all about Star Wars, and if you can read the titles, then that will be quite obvious to you as well. So essentially, it's just uh, last week we spoke about episodes 7 and 8, and this week we're going to be doing speculation on episode 9, and we're going to be talking about Palpatine and Leia and Ben Demption, which is, you know, whether or not Kylo Ren will become redeemed as Ben Solo and come back to the light. If he does, what would happen there? Um, So we speak about all those sorts of things, um, you know, just general speculation-y stuff. Um, We also touch on the rule of two uh, and also what Count Dooku was up to around Phantom Menace um, and that sort of thing because we, we basically uh, the guys asked me a couple of questions uh, about that so I kind of just went into it a little bit towards the middle. For full clarity, if you weren't already aware, um, this is a big podcast collaboration I'm doing with, obviously, the podcast I've already mentioned, 20th Century Geek, um, VHS Strikes Back, and Comics in Motion. Uh, Comics in Motion and VHS Strikes Back had our in-depth review on A New Hope set on their feed, uh, I think a week or so ago now. Um, 20th Century Geek should have the original trilogy full review up on their feed now as well. And then uh, the Wednesday after this episode comes out, um, so it'll be like the 11th or 12th or something, um, that will then be 20th Century Geeks re- release of the prequel trilogy review, uh, and obviously this is part two of the speculation. So there's five in total episodes to listen to. Um, I split episode seventy five into two, so I'm kind of cheating a little bit. So it's actually two half episodes really, uh, but there's five separate releases uh, for all of our podcasts and things. Um, I have included a link in the description, or rather links to each of the respective podcasts, so should be easy to find all those things. I'm going to stop yammering on now, and I'll be back at the end of the chat just to give some more information of what's to come and things. But, um, you know, be sure to check out Chris and Dave's Comics in Motion VHS Strikes Back. Make sure you check out Scott's 20th Century Geek podcast. And, you know, follow on all the usual social media places, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Do all the usual subscribing and reviewing and all that sort of lovely jazz. And, um, yeah, I'll talk to you at the end of the chat. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Jumping off that, let's let's get into the episode nine speculation. Now, I want to throw a couple of just buzzword points uh, across, and then we'll, I'll point to one of you, and then we'll just have a kind of big rambly chat about it. Um, but there's a couple of big key words in this, essentially, that, uh, about episode nine, okay? Obviously, there's the Emperor being involved. That's a big thing. Uh, the biggest one I'd say for debate is Ben Demption, which is the whether or not Kylo Ren will be redeemed, which is a very interesting point because my opinion on this changed quite recently. Um, and then also, you know, what happens with Rey, you know, the General of the Jedi Order, and then something of a YouTuber I watch calls Force Ghost Con, which is when all the Force Ghosts at the end of the film of like Anakin and uh, Luke <laughs> and everyone just all gets together and says hi, like all these things. So, so there's a few sort of spitwally ideas in a sense and i'll, I'll just um i'll kind of spring like this in a sense with the, that's why i don't say about the force ghost thing <laughs> with luke being in this what we thought of luke being in last jedi i actually really liked it but i only know bits and pieces about the legends luke that there was but obviously he wasn't how people expect him to be but now him narrating the trailer one would assume he's going to have a slightly bigger role in the rise of skywalker than one would think so uh, if I just go to if I go to you, Scott, what are your sort of thoughts of Luke in a sense of what you think Luke's got for Episode Nine, and then we'll, from there we'll just kind of scramble and kind of vaguely go from there of uh, Episode Nine speculation. Uh, 
I think, yeah, they're going to have to try and... There's going to be some damage control. I mean, and so, you know, uh, Mark Hamill is, is most definitely going to appear in the film. He's going to appear as a... Well, he's going to have to appear as a force ghost. Um, he's going to have to appear in, like, a mentor role. That's I think that's the only thing it's going to be, isn't it? It's that like replacing that Ben Kenobi and uh, Yoda kind of thing. Um I'm in two minds about how they do this because there's almost a part of me that thinks, you know, sparingly might be better. You know, that sort of thing of every now and then, like you hear his voice telling, you know, giving guidance to Ray or whatever. Uh, and then maybe he appears every now and then that, that might be enough. But there's that thing as well of sort of like, does he, you know, he deserves better. So are they going to give him something to do, which will redeem that, you know, that, that sort of like the grumpy Luke from, from last Jedi. Um, but I don't know what that would be as a Force ghost. Um, hmm. So it's a, it's a really difficult one. I mean, I'm glad I didn't. I, you know, I wouldn't want to be the writers of this one. Um, God no, Jesus! I did not yeah. feel that about JJ Abrams. <laughs> She's like setting up the chapter, knows what's going to go. Roy Johnson goes and goes, nah, fuck that, mate. Yeah, throws all of it out and puts everything in a one eighty, and then goes, here you go, mate, have it back. <laughs> no, what the fuck have you done? That, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know what I, I think. I honestly think that. You know, I, I this is the thing where I think fans are, you can't please the fans. Fans are going to be annoyed whatever happens now because hundred percent because this has become a franchise that fans the, the fans that love this franchise love to hate it. I don't understand it myself. Um, How many episodes you know, have we it. done? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Too but, yeah, but at least we admit that we love it. Like I'm not there to shit on it in the sense of like you know, uh, uh, and as as Mike sort of said, like I won't harp on the actors. That's a bit harsh. But like you said, no matter what they do with Luke at this point, like, I don't know if it will ever satisfy anyone. I would rather them do it sparingly. That's what I'd like to see. Uh, you know, in that sort of Kenobi sort of um, sensei mentor role. That's all I really want to see. Hmm. What about you, um, either Chris or Dave, either you've got a, a thought on the Luke's appearance? I'll, I'll If yeah, Chris, it's okay, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Because there's a line in New Hope, just before Ben Kenobi bites it. He says, you can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And we don't see any evidence of that because becoming a force ghost just means you can give some advice at opportune moments. (laughs) And you can still really do that when you're alive. So I've not seen any evidence of this unimaginable power. So I just hope that we can see, no pun intended, that we can see some of that power so if we accept that Luke is dead and he comes back as a force ghost, well, let's let's see some actual power that Ben Kenobi was talking about. Oh, I call him Ben. That's that's his pseudonym, I guess, isn't it? So Obi-Wan. Yeah, well, Yoda does the lightning trick, which is pretty much the only thing about like with force ghosts for example we don't really know very much about force ghosts at all even in the sort of the books i've read and things like that where it gets a bit more detail there's still very limited information as to yeah what what can they do it's a very good point i can you know it's a very random off topic but in the lego games being the force ghost characters were immortal so you can kill every character but you can never die so <laughs> you know the last characters that you unlock in the game and then you can run through the levels easily um <laughs> But yeah, in as you rightly put, you know, in in all the films of all the Force Ghosts we see, we only really see giving advice, kind of walking through, uh, randomly walking through certain things, but also sitting on th- certain things. I mean, Kenobi and Dagobah, and then Yoda shooting lightning, and that's that is really it. So I don't, I, I think the advice thing is probably going to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, he's, I think both of you guys, what you said about the the Ben Kenobi thing, kind of 
him being a teacher thing. Do you have anything else to add to that? I think in the same way that Force Awakens, it, it, it's like a pendulum. So, you know, to be fair to the prequels, and, I, and I'm probably warm to the prequels after, you know, the four of us have been chatting through it a little bit more than I had done. I, I, the haters has dissipated a little bit. At least George Lucas tried to do something original there. But I think because of the backlash that came from that, when Disney got the reins and J.J. Abrams, you know, took, took, the, uh, took the lead, it went and basically pandered to the fans. And then, you know, they've tried to do something different with episode eight. I think the pendulum is going to swing back and they're going to try to pander to the fans again. I think Luke is going to be front and center in this movie. I I think he might be something a bit more than a force ghost that, that we've seen. Um, I also, I'm not buying, you know, it's like this unreliable narrator thing. I'm not buying that Ray is just completely born of of no parents, has nothing to do mm. with anyone. I don't buy it. She has something to do with the Skywalker line. Drop the mic. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. End of conversation. Well, we've done that. That's our episode uh, of speculation. So, uh, you know, Dave has absolutely nailed it. Um, with... Um, Bouncing off that almost, like, um, well, actually, Chris, is there anything, because we've all said our opinions on, on Luke, is there anything you want to add to the, the Luke No, I, th- I think, to be fair, I think Luke, his character for me, is the ship has sailed, I think. I, I, I don't need to see that ridiculous hologram light around his body as he comes and tells Ray, you know, to uh, channel her inner self and don't be, you know, seduced by the dark side. We've seen it now over, over various films, prequels and all. I just think... He's a bit like Han Solo in The Force Awakens. Great to have him back in there. Proper fanboying out when he was there with Chewie and everything. But he was a seven-year-old bloke. You know, when Mark Hamill went to Force Awakens, he's 63 years old. He is. He's actually older than what Obi-Wan was. A bit like when if you'd watched um, Cobra Kai and you've got Ralph Macho, he's actually older than Mr. Miyagi when he, he was in this new one. You know, so... I, I know age shouldn't mean anything, but he was fighting, you know, the, the thing at the end there, I'd, I'd had enough of that. I was like, you're a bit of a boring bastard now. You're feeling sorry for yourself. You've wrecked your X-Wing. You've used the door as the entrance of your little hut down there. Um, I don't know if you spotted that, uh, but the, the wing of his... Uh, the X-Wings, that's the door of his little house he's got and he's, he's he catches some big fish. He'd be definitely good on uh, the biggest catch and all that stuff. I just had enough <laughs> of that shit. He was a bit of a boring fucker. He changed his whole stance on the Jedi and that's sacrilege, I know, because I loved Luke Skywalker as a kid. I had the figures and that, as we mentioned a lot of times. Not interested one bit. I am definitely interested in the progression, even though I don't necessarily think the new characters are totally convincing. I love Adam Driver. I love Kylo Ren. And I've got some massive, these two theories what I get into on that, that are just completely the opposite. And it would only be me if I didn't bring these up. You're all going to go, Chris, shut the fuck up. But I yeah, go for it, Chris. Go on. Yeah, please right, go, so go ahead. The vanilla version is that there's no way they can redeem Ben Solo at all, even though the hashtag on the Star Wars um, Twitter the last few weeks has been Ben Solo with various other ones, and you can actually get him as a little Twitter guy and stuff. Um, He's not redeemable, the amount of people he's killed. He killed Han Solo, everything. My theory is that he does come good, but he gets killed. 
Um, I've not seen anything. I don't want to see anything because some toss is going to ruin that. That's not that outlandish, though. No, is no, it? it's not. No, 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 no. no let, this is my vanilla. Well, this is the let's play by the numbers. He becomes a good guy, and we get a bit of Ray. She's she's sort of teetering on the edge. Is she gonna? Is, will she? Won't she? I'm not sure. Now, that's what I think is going to happen, and they'll defeat the Emperor or whatever the hell he is. And I do think Ray is something to do with the Emperor. And I think that's where that bloodline comes from. And that might be why they're saying that you just know nobody. Now, the speculation side of me, as I watched The the Last Jedi, this could be absolutely ridiculous, right? So bear with me. I think that Luke, this is, this is pure bullshit from China. This is a YouTube video that will get loads of downvotes if someone produced it, okay? So bear with me. I think that Luke foresaw that the Emperor was still alive and he and Ben Solo infiltrated the New Order, set up the whole thing that he's actually a bad guy because you're all going to laugh at me, I'm telling you, but the whole thing is a ruse and the fact that in the movie it's all going to come to light that it was the only way they could infiltrate and actually kill off the you know the Dark Lord or whatever he is, and that is my absolutely outlandish downvote. Chris, yeah, Chris, I'm say I actually really like that theory. I, I really do actually. I, I really like the idea idea of it because it would be like you say, you know, that pendulum swinging all the way out because it would like no one would expect that. That's a real sort of like you say crazy theory. But what it would also mean is that if that was the case, that would make Luke more of a villain because that means that he actually knew about everything that was going on yeah. and allowed Starkiller Base to destroy the Republic. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was a downvote on to, to, throw, <laughs> to throw something in left field. I don't suppose you guys have watched Teen Titans Go at all. Of course, not. No, yeah. no. I used to watch the old. Honestly, it, it's it's a cartoon and it's a bit for kids. But honestly, watch it because it is pretty funny. And and I'll just say they they finish off the whole movie and they're like, oh, I don't know how to finish it. And they've you've got this awkward silence. And then uh, Robin just jumps up to the camera and goes, "Kids, ask your mum and dad where da- babies come from." <laughs> so that's kind of the tone. <laughs> Amazing. In part, spoilers for Teen Titans Go, but they try and right all the wrongs. They go back in time and right all the wrongs, but then they get to Back to the Future style. They get to the future, and there's no superheroes. There's no Batman or anything. And the the world is pretty horrible. So so to save the day, they have to go back in time and wrong all the rights. So they go back and like murder the Waynes <laughs> to create oh, to make wow. sure Batman. And then you know they all high five each other at the end. So <laughs> yeah. possibly wow. you could have that kind of uh, twist in it, I guess, with Luke Skywalker being the the evil architect all this time. <laughs> Just a theory. Well, I- yeah. Well, I think that the I really like that though. Like to be honest with you, I mean it's a bit zany, and I think in all brutal honesty, I know you're not saying you think it's going to happen, but I think it won't happen because of it would have been so much like the start of Force Awakens. He kills Law Santeca, the the old dude on Jakku, and he knows him. He's a, he's a family friend, so him doing certain things in such brutal ways would kind of be like all that for the greater good is like a real big push. But um, it is interesting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Luke 
if they did teeter on Luke maybe knowing a bit more than he should have done or something because obviously in Last Jedi they do kind of they toy with that idea where you know they do his version of what happened and then Kylo Ren's version of what happened and then actually what happened of the when Kylo kind of in air quotes turned in that moment um, but I wanted to ask one of the big questions with uh, sort of Ben Demption and uh, Kylo Ren being redeemed I, I think what you've said is the most likely uh, with the first thing the vanilla one which is Kylo Ren, uh, he's too bad to be fully redeemed, so he does redeem himself and dies. Kind of like a Vader yeah. story, because obviously Vader, Vader, Kylo Ren always wants to be Vader and blah blah blah. We don't know how much Kylo actually knows if Vader did at the end turn. No one, I don't think it's been said, at least in any of the comics or books or anything I've seen, of the Kylo Ren explicitly does or doesn't know if Vader did actually turn back or not. Um, but obviously his arc with with Kylo Ren be too evil. I'd love to see my my a lot of ideal. I'd love to see Kylo become good properly and have an actual full redemption. Maybe even Ray dies and he has to be the one to bring on the Jedi. And that's the rise of Skywalker. That's the Skywalker finally being the Skywalker should have been in a sense, but having to go for all this shit to do it. And I think that the idea that he did so much bad is that honestly vader did a lot worse i mean granted kylo and helped you know starkiller base blow up the hosnian system which was about five planets i think and you know the death star blew up one plus part of Jeddah and things but if you obviously vader was about for about 20 years between uh Avenge the sith and a new hope and there's a few comics that go into what he did and he just slaughtered jedi he just obviously as anakin uh, in revenge of the sith we spoke about he kills the younglings and after that he does just basically spend all his time massacring jedi and people who stand in his way and i think kylo basically just does relatively the same thing he's maybe seems a bit more brutal but i think they're both quite on point for that sort of thing so that's why my my opinion got changed of a sort of air quotes ben demption because i was like initially i was like yeah, he's way too bad he would never come back and then i go actually you think of all the shit Vader did. Like, Vader just choked his people on his own staff just for disagreeing with just, him. <laughs> I think Kylo Ren does slightly worse to Hux, doesn't he? You know, once he once it, once Ooh. Snoke dies, um, you know, he, he he's choking Hux. And then uh, I think mm. when, he, when he's obsessed with getting in and wiping out the rebels, you know, <laughs> Snoke pipes up. He's like, we're wasting time. He just throws him across the room. So... I don't know. It's like, you know, whose genocide is bigger? Well, yeah, Vader's probably <laughs> is, but genocide's still genocide. I just don't think he's he's mm. redeemable. You know, there's a one of the most famous X-Men story arcs is the Dark Phoenix. And the writer mm. did want, you know, um, Jean Grey was the, was the character and he wanted her to be redeemed. And, and the editors just jumped in and said, no, she, she's destroyed a whole inhabited... She destroyed a son, which, you know, got rid of this inhabited planet. So she committed genocide. You cannot redeem her, so you have to kill her off. I, I think Ben Solo's got to die for me. I, I sort of see what you're saying, and the thing is, I keep thinking back to what you know. You sort of all this speculation is obviously, um, you know, coloured by having seen uh, you know the trailers and stuff. And we know that the, you know the Knights of Ren are going to appear in this film. Now, do, is that him reforming them, or is it going to be another flashback? That's unclear, but they're clearly going to be in it. But there's also a scene in the trailer, you know, there's two scenes. There's a scene of, of Rey and, and um, Kylo Ren fighting on what looks like the destruction of the original Death Star. Mm. Um, in that, you know, there's the waves are all coming up and all that stuff. So they're going to have a showdown. But then that also, we've seen, a, uh, there's a scene of the pair of them, what it appears to be fighting side by side to destroy Vader's original mask and something else. So... You know, are we going to get that flip flopping again throughout the film? Um, 
And as you say, you know, they've got to do something with Carrie Fisher. It would not surprise me if they did end up killing off, um, you know, uh, Princess Leia in that film. And it's actually her death that turns, uh, you know, or has an impact on on Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Um, Good point. But I, I, I actually agree that, like, yeah, he's too. I would prefer if he just kept sinking further and further into the into the darkness and became more and more obsessed and. I, you know, I do think. Don't get me wrong. I think he'll have his redemption moment. I think he'll turn to the to the light side, and but he has to die. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's quite a common thought. I think that's what a lot of people. I think that's the most common thing. What people think is going to happen, um, and I think. My opinion on, if we kind of lead this, uh, obviously we add more back Kylo Ren Ben Demption things, but kind of leaning into the Emperor sort of side of things. One theory that I have um, is one of the Vader, I'll be very brief, one of the Vader comics uh, right, right after episode three when he's building his castle Mustafar, uh, uh, Palpatine gives him this Sith artifact, uh, Momin, I think the Sith is called. It's a helmet. And this helmet, it talks to Vader. It's like possessed by like, the essence of this Sith and then it flies lands on someone's head and then it basically possesses this imperial person as this guy moment um so this pole possession thing uh, in the clone war series there's like an area that yoda goes into at one point and darth bane like the spirit or essence of darth bane kind of pops out a little bit and then disappears again and the whole thing with what seems to be the afterlife with the sith and the jedi is the jedi once they've done loads of tra- loads of training and become really powerful or just are anakin skywalker um can become a force ghost whereas the Sith can't live infinitely, but they can live half infinitely, like a torture in a sense. And what I kind of think has happened is in Force Awakens, Ren says uh, to the Vader helmet, you know, show me what, show me the power of the dark side, blah, blah, blah. What I think has happened is that obviously Vader's suit was given to him by Palpatine. I think Palpatine has basically uh, somehow put some of his essence in, almost like a Horcrux. I was about to say he's a Horcrux. <laughs> Yeah, basically, um, done like a Horcrux and uh, put it, I have to give Megan credit for that because when I was explaining this theory to her, she's like, oh, Horcrux. Like, yeah. Yep, just like a Horcrux. But it basically, Horcrux is himself. Harry Potter. Let's just have that right there. <laughs> Darth Voldemort. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So he Horcruxes his way into the Vader helmet in some form, uh, maybe just before he dies, you know, when he's electrocuting Vader's uh, thing, maybe he knows he's going to die and he's trying to put some of his essence in or something. And then... Kylo Ren, much like when Rey picks up Luke's lightsaber or Anakin's lightsaber, she has that force vision with Obi-Wan talking to her and stuff uh, in Force Awakens. If Ren felt that when he touched the Vader helmet and then he sees these dark visions, maybe that's basically just Palpatine and somehow or another Snoke came about from Palpatine dying and then because Snoke died, somehow there's, I don't know, some abundance of dark side energy and it could make Palpatine come back a bit stronger or something. I mean, in the trailers, we don't explicitly see Palpatine. I think you may see a shot of him on a floating chair but you see else. you see someone on a floating yeah, chair yeah. There's, a, there's a definite arm and hand there but you don't mm. see who it is you see you hear a voice so the question is like i say did he die in return of the jedi or mm. is he a force ghost like you say has they're going to sort of you know as you say sort of switch it and actually have sith you know um ghosts um and it, you know because we know that snoke had force abilities didn't he he was able to sort of like, you know he could pick ray up and stuff so. bridge the gap and stuff yeah bridge the gap between Kylo and uh, ray talking yeah so you know who there's always because it was it there's always two isn't it there's always the sith there's always two there's a master and an apprentice so mm. in that scenario um snoke was the master and, and um ray uh kylo ren was the the apprentice so who was and you probably you probably know this mike um, i don't know but who was 
um, Snoke's master, who was his sort well, of, you know, who who was he apprenticed to? Well, I'll say it for Snoke. all the information. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Snoke Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Snoke Senior. <laughs> um, with Snoke, I will say, in Snoke is the character that's got more mystery than any other Star Wars character. Um, there's no, there's no books about Snoke. Um, there's a tiny bit of extra information about him, but like a line or two in the book of Last Jedi, um, because it's like an expand. The book is like an air quotes expanded edition. It's got a bit at the start where Luke has a force vision of what happened if he'd never gone off with Obi Wan and what his mm. life would have been like as a normal blah blah blah. Um, but with Snoke himself, there's a comic I read literally last night in preparation, which is um, there's a comic book run called the Age of Blah series. It's set in all nine of the films of the Skywalker saga, and each comic is just a short one shot about a specific character. You know, basically every character gets one almost. And there's one about Snoke. But the Snoke one is only to do with him training Kylo Ren somewhere just before The Force Awakens. Unknown how far before The Force Awakens. But from all the Star Wars YouTubers I watch and all the stuff I uh, kind of dip in and out of online, no one knows anything about Snoke apart from what is in uh, what is in the, the films. In that one comic, which really is more about Kylo Ren than him, if I'm being honest, and nothing else. So no one... In the Aftermath books, we know that Palpatine was trying to look for something in the unknown regions that's that and he, there was a, i think there's mention of something like a almost like a voice calling to him or him trying to seek out this voice or something so some people believe obviously the palpatine before it was announced this new trailer some people believe that palpatine and snoke have some degree of connection some people think maybe snoke actually influenced palpatine maybe kind of it maybe influenced Darth plagueis who knows and kind of went into that realm but other people say maybe palpatine kind of made Snoke in a sense but it is actually really really unclear as to how much is around Snoke no, to my knowledge at least no one knows anything so with him and the Emperor their relationship all bets are off if, if I'm being honest can I just mm. ask you a, a genuine question because again it just doesn't sit right with me there's always got to be one a master and an, and an apprentice mm-hmm. in Phantom Menace we had Palpatine and then we had Darth Maul where was Count Dooku at this point? Okay. Um, so basically, uh, Dooku was a good Jedi. He was a Jedi in The Phantom Menace. Uh, he was actually Qui-Gon's old master. When Qui-Gon died, that's basically what made Dooku leave the Order. And in the 10 years between Phantom Menace and uh, Attack of the Clones, Dooku, the reason they say, I think uh, Mace says it in... Um, uh, Attack of the Clones. He says he doesn't have the ability to kill someone. It's not in his character when they mention mm-hmm. like Dooku. Because yep. he's called Count Dooku because of his family is really rich, not because he's evil, even though Count sounds really evil. So he actually turned in between episode one and two. So he was actually, once Darth Maul had died, then Palpatine focused more on Dooku. and Because foc- Dooku was kind of just lost wandering about. He didn't want to be part of the Jedi because he said they were shit and they basically were corrupting the Republic, blah, blah, blah. But he wasn't quite a Sith. But then Palpatine got his hands on him after Maul died and then kind of pushed him into it, in a sense. Uh, so that's basically why... So, so there's a bit uh, of a time would... lag then. So, so you know, it's not always a Master and Apprentice. You know, the, it's like it's creating a vacancy. So when Dooku dies, <laughs> that creates a, de- a vacancy for, for Darth Vader to walk into. Yeah, well, basically, in very, very brief, I won't deep dive into this, but basically, Sith have the rule of two. It was by Darth Bane, uh, mainly believe that in Legends, um, which obviously isn't necessarily canon now, but Darth Bane was in a Clone Wars episode very briefly, so they've kind of 
canoned it again. Um, essentially, rule of two, because back thousands of years ago, there were loads of Sith, and all Sith are struggling for power. They're crawling over each other constantly to fight for power. They all keep stabbing each other in the back. The Sith could never rule to true power and beat the Jedi, because the Jedi would work together, the Sith would work for themselves. So Darth Bane came up with this idea that you need the, the rule of two, which is you can only really have two Sith at once, on the same side at least, because what happens is the master trains up the apprentice the apprentice gets strong enough to beat the master then becomes the new master takes on a new apprentice and then over time eventually the most powerful sith will be so powerful they'll be able to take over the galaxy whatever which is what palpatine did because palpatine had a master and his master had a master etc so that the rule of two is more so just a guideline of the sith ideology of you need two of you because any more and you start stabbing each other in the back and you don't get anything done and that's so the rule of two even though they've explained it fucking terribly in the prequels it's unbelievable <laughs> like you have to i it literally taken me years after watching Revenge of the sift to even have a fucking idea what's going on uh, which really does annoy me but that that's generally is a idea that's what the rule of two is so it's, it's quite a specific rule but that's why kylo ren and snoker stuff they're not sith they don't adhere to the rule of two in a sense so it's a bit of a murky water that is awesome <laughs> mm. you should have your own separate podcast called genuine star wars <laughs> where you just tackle yeah. the wider legends <laughs> universe i think because i i think when it's convenient they can still borrow from legends can't they you know i think we they might do. see a bit yeah. of that with the mandalorian so uh no that's awesome mm. awesome explanation uh, no worries um, yeah, well, there's a lot of other characters that hopefully, like, um, I want to say one thing that we none of us talked about. How excited are you guys to see Lando in bloody episode nine? Yes. Because I'm really excited, to be honest. I love Billy Dee <laughs> And I thought Donald Glover's interpretation of Lando was one of the saving graces of Solo. But I'm, I'm excited as long as he's got a nice, moderate role as well. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I'm, uh, I might be playing the bad guy now. Um, I'm not that bothered, to be <laughs> honest. Um <laughs> You're racist. You, you, that's, what's <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It can't be anything else, is it? That's all it is, you know? It's, I can't believe I let you on the podcast and say that sort of stuff. It's just not acceptable. I'm obviously just joking. Sorry. I'm actually going down a rabbit hole there. I'm actually with you, Chris. I, I'm done. You know, if I'm done, if I'm done with Luke Skywalker, I'm definitely done with Lando. I, I can't see what... You know, spoilers from Mandalorian... But seeing Carl Weathers in Mandalorian, now that was a you know a role that I wasn't expecting, and I'm super excited to see where that goes. But Lando, really, what 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 can he offer? You you guys are excited for it. So what exactly are you excited about? Well, let Scott go first. If he is excited, maybe I'm the only one here. No, no, it's it's just it's I I totally get you. I'm not. You know, it's not the thing that's getting me in the cinema. Like, you know, it, it wasn't that sort of like the catch that that brought me in. But it's nice to see that he's, he's basically the thing I'm excited about. It's nice for him to just get his moment. You know, that sort of thing. Okay, they're going to bring in Billy D. Williams. That's great. I'm really pleased for him. He's going to get to sit in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. It there's just a part of me. It's like it's what he deserves. It's almost like a thank you. I don't know. It just feels like a you know. Up mm. until now, it's sort of because um, he is actually a really good character. And he was. I I really enjoy him in. in um, you know, Empire Strikes Back and and, and Return of the Jedi. They're, 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 he's pretty good in all that. So to give him his dues, I think it's, I'm 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 excited for that. If he wasn't in it, I don't think I'd be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel any different. You know what I mean? It's not mm. like he, it's not adding a great deal. Um, the one thing I would say I'm is, yeah. I mean, the one thing that, that about this tr- this tr- you know the sequel trilogy that I find is that they are. The whole thing with Star Wars, like they can't let go of the past. I mean, the whole thing with the Jedi, actually, in Last Jedi, 
uh, Kylo Ren says it like, "Let the past die," and it's almost like JJ Abrams fans, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally and, and to JJ Abrams, I think as well. And JJ's like, "No," yeah. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's yeah. That's a very good I, I, point. One thing I wanted to bring up actually, just I know we're, we're talking about the speculation, and you're saying about you know they're going back and using things and things like that. Why the fuck? And it seems so forced, so I'm proper on the... It really does annoy me about The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and I'm sure we're going to get it in The Rise of Skywalker. And I'm a big wrestling fan, guys, as I say, and I love Ric Flair. And when Ric Flair does the woo, I do the woo because mm. I love Ric Flair. You know what I mean? <laughs> he slaps someone and he goes, woo, and I love it. Why the fuck do all these idiots in these new ones have to do woo? Every one of them does a woo for some reason. It's so false. When... um. Thingy does it. Um, oh, the bloody pilot. Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron oh, does po. it. It's so fake and shit. It's unbelievable. Finn does it. It's wank. <laughs> Don't do it. Han Solo and Luke Skywalker have got that boxed off a trademark. Don't think that just because you, you're fanboying out to us all, I'm going to buy into it. Because when they do it, I fucking cringe. I absolutely, I don't know about you guys, it proper. That's the only thing, I probably should have mentioned this earlier, that pisses me off when I watch them films. Because it's just so <laughs> could shit. Be worse. It's unbelievable. Chris, Chris, could be worse. They could be saying, yippee. Well, yeah. Oh, wizard. Wizard. <laughs> wizard. Yeah, yeah. All right, wizard. fair enough, fair enough. I may, I may just go back in the corner now. Scott, but it does. I tell you what, I, I just foresaw. That. I've used the force mean, to to look at you know what is going to happen, and just before uh, Ben Ben Solo's redemption, he's going to go. No. <laughs> oh my oh god. god! I'm, I'm going that if was, that happens. That would make me so upset. Yeah. I, that would. Can, can I just tell a little story? Actually, I wanted to tell this. That sorry, is when I went yeah, to see ahead. Force Awakens. Right, and there's a friend of mine in days, like a guy called Ace, who were at his wedding a few weeks ago, and uh, he's him and his best friend come with me, and we go to the midnight launch. His mate actually comes up from Blackpool. He lives like 50 miles away from us in Manchester. He comes up to watch Star Wars, especially, and. Asa was a drummer in our band, as me and David in the band, we've all known each other for years. And Asa's one of these people where he, he can literally put his foot in it. And when we went to see The Force Awakens, right? So we go to the midnight launch, we get there, we've got Stormtroopers, we've got Boba Fett, we've got Darth Maul, we've got these absolute classic, proper, you know, Comic Con. They look absolute mint, the, the outfits, absolute brilliant. The Stormtroopers are walking up and down the aisles, everything, it's brilliant. And some guy, as we sit there, IMAX, I'm getting my 3D glasses on. I'm sat there. I'm absolutely fucked because I've been up since four in the morning, but it's still midnight and I'm still going. This guy comes up the stairs, dressed as Yoda, right, with these fucking Yoda ear things, like like we saw years like a Rudolph <laughs> Red-Nosed Reindeer thing. Comes up, green face paint, full gear on. And my mate Asa uh, just goes, and our mate Asa, he just goes, who the fuck's this cunt come as fucking Yoda? Yeah, and you know he sat next to me the whole film Gosh. and heard him say that. He said it, and the guy sitting next to me, and his mates are all dressed up as well because we've not noticed. And I was like, you fucking cock. You know, like, but everyone heard him say it, and I was like, oh, you absolute bellum. But anyway, that was my story. So we nearly got beat up by someone dressed as Yoda and stuff. But anyway. If he's making a, a choice to come as Yoda, I'm guessing he's a bit vertically but, challenged. No, he wasn't. Mm. I mean, I'm six two. Six foot four. Was, I'm six two, and he's just. And then what made it worse, though, guys? I'll, I will be honest. I did have. I've got rid of it this year, but I had a Darth Vader jumper, saying, "I am your father." Christmas jumper. And when you press the middle of his helmet, the duh, 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 
You know full well at every point of the trailers and the actual before the movie, I was pressing that when there was a there was a drop and everyone was like, shut the fuck up, mate. I thought I would get a few laughs and it just went completely against you me. You are so, fucking Dell from playing yeah, trains and automobiles, aren't we? <laughs> we just reviewed that this week. Dave's uh, Neil Page and I'm Del Griffiths, the, the annoying guy yeah. sitting next to you. But anyway, sorry, I've gone off, off piece there, but I just want to throw it in there, that little uh, anecdote. Yeah, how dare you? On genuine chit chat, we never have tangents. We skip the script. That's the whole point of this show. I don't want genuine chit chat. I want orchestrated talking. Uh, But no, that was a great story. Now, I want to clarify with my opinion or not on Lando. It more so, I sounded so excited when I said it, and now I'm probably going to go back to it and think I was. When I said to you guys, I was more excited because I forgot to even bring it up as a subject matter. (laughs) I'm excited he's going to be in it, basically like Scott. I'm like, oh yeah, if I had a choice, yeah, put him in it. He deserves his due. He's a fun character. Cool. If you told me he wasn't in it, the only thing I'd be like is. Well, why? Not not he should be in it, it's going to break the film if he's not, just more so. Well, if you put everyone else in it, you might as well just kind of pop him in. If all if everyone else gets their due, but um, <laughs> I imagine he's just there. So so someone can pilot the Falcon who isn't Finn, Poe, or Ray, who, without just Chewie doing it by himself. Yeah. That's, mm, yeah. To be honest, brutal honesty, that's why he's I in there. I think someone recently in cinema uh, has stumbled across the formula. It's kind of happened over the last sort of five to ten years' time where... You can take the old, you know, you take all the old actors and then you can introduce all these new characters, all these younger characters, and you can get that hopefully sweet spot where you can bring in the old crowd, but you can get newer fans on board as well. You know, they seem to have stumbled across this formula. So yeah, got no problem with Lando being in it. It it won't, if I was rating it out of a score of 100, it wouldn't move that point up one or, or down one. Um, but I think, yeah, this this is purely for the for the older fans. Um, but what I do mm. think, and I, I probably didn't mention this about the the whole sequels, is they've they've introduced new characters that I do care about. So good job for that. You know, <laughs> beat up on it plenty, but you know, I think they've done a really good job there. I guess I can't let go of that baggage that this is a nine chapter story, even though I know it's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't let go of it. So they need they just need to close this bastard chapter and then I can set myself free of that baggage and just enjoy all the other new content that uh, Disney puts out. Until when I have grandchildren and I'm like 60 and then they release Star Wars Episode 10 and it's going to be, <laughs> and all of us are going to be like so old we can barely even talk anymore and they won't, we won't be able to hear our outcries because no one will care. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know? it'll, be, it'll be a lot sooner than that. And, uh, yeah, oh, the, probably. The next one to raise up will be that small boy in his broom. That's what's going to come next. That's the, it'll be called the I broom. I think that's going to be Ryan Johnson's it's, trilogy. It's the broom I, trilogy. Yeah. yeah. I would not be surprised if genuinely that was his thing and he was trying to make it so trying. Because with the, after whatever happens after episode nine, I think what the aim was Disney trying to kind of say is they're not really actually going to do that much post episode nine i think they're going to try and go backwards and that's what the whole game of thrones guys were meant to be doing mm. is the whole origin I, of I would like actually mike and guys i would actually like the origin of kylo ren turning to be honest mm. uh yeah that would be I, I don't know if they're gonna do that in flashbacks or what because there is actually a comic book series coming out called the rise of kylo ren um but the first episode the first issue is out before uh rise of skywalker and i can't remember when the second one is out but it's like a four-part series and the last two are definitely out afterwards so i i don't know if if that's going to go into it or how much disney are gonna how much the flashbacks are going to be in episode nine because obviously we don't 
I imagine JJ's going to want to put a lot of stuff in there that he wanted to put in Last Jedi or would have wanted to put in Episode Eight, which dis- doesn't contradict what happened in Episode Eight, but he'll probably want to kind of, yeah. you know what I mean, like stuff that was yeah, missed. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but you know, and I, I'm this is my older self speaking to my younger self. You guys just happen to be at the end of the mic, but you think you want to <laughs> see this shit? Trust me, after the prequels, you don't. You know, if someone had said to a younger me, you know, we can see how, you know, Anakin Skywalker descended and he turned to the dark side. You can see how that all happened. I'd have been like, oh, there is nothing in the world I want to see more than that. And then I saw it and I was like, God, I do do not need to see that. I don't think they need to keep driving the story forward or, you know, Mm. like Mandalorian, tell these side stories. I, I think... Going back and doing prequels has got a limited lifespan because you know where it's going to end up. At least with the Game of Thrones stuff, they're going. You know, they're they're looking at how the Targaryens came to power. Well, that is far enough into the past that you don't know the same characters. He's been cancelled that, by the way. Say again. He's been cancelled that, by the way, isn't it? Oh, is that the one one that they cancelled? Which is the other one that they're going to go ahead with? Well, there's four in the making, apparently, oh, and there's uh, <laughs> oh. yeah, I know well, four four prequel series in the making. One of them's been cancelled. One of them's still going, and the other two, I'm not sure. One of them's been directed by the person who made the Kingsman movies. Um, there's more. one person, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was meant to be doing one of them, I, but that was this was before uh, season eight came out and upset everyone. But a lot of people, there was initially four, and it was I think the Ice King. I don't think the, the the Night King rather's Ice Kings from fucking Adventure <laughs> Time. Uh, the the Night King's origin stories, the Targaryen origin stories. I think Ned Stark when he was younger, and then something else. I think there were the four general ones, but one of them was cancelled. Who knows what's going to happen from there? <laughs> but <laughs> I will say with prequels, I completely agree with most prequels. I I feel like the prequel trilogy, you know, it was kind of cool, and I do actually enjoy them, but they were, you know, unnecessary wholly. The prequels. I want them to do is kind of as you said uh, Dave which is going back so far that everyone's dead so it doesn't actually matter what happens because none of the characters you you can't know if it goes a thousand years in the past and shows how the Jedi Order was founded on Coruscant Mm -hmm. and how they eradicated the last Sith that'd be really cool because you won't know what's going to happen and I don't know about you guys but other I was just gonna say other films that are prequels do you guys know of any that are actually like any standard film franchise that releases a prequel and the prequel is actually good I might be just stupid but I am going to jump in because there is only one film that has and it's not a full-on prequel but you could edit it to be just in fact I think someone has just edited it to just be a prequel but it shows how you can do it and that's the godfather 2 yes i've only seen i haven't actually seen the godfather movies but i've heard godfather 2 is incredible oh, it is <laughs> watch it i've got the one dvd i just haven't had a chance it's, like three hours long. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's not it's not an, it's not a passive watch like you've got to watch it but the thing yeah, with that 100%. film is that i think that, that, that you know these films and again you know i'm not going to keep railing on the prequels we've said that hell i say but one of the things that coppola did with the, with godfather part two was he he realised that there was a story to tell um, with obviously with Marlon Brando's character and his rise to power, and instead of just saying, "Oh, I want to tell that story," let's do that and sort of setting it in the early sort of nineteen hundreds and all that kind of stuff. Like he then said, "Actually, what I want to do is mirror that with uh, Michael Corleone's sort of like you know uh, grasping for power and and his sort of like fall, literally his fall to the dark side." Um, and so it's a really fascinating sort of like parallel tale of these two sort of you know these two generations and how the sort of they influence um, you know uh, the mafia and, and and these other families. 
it's an amazing film. It's it's long, but it's an amazing film. And that's the sort of thing I think I would like to have seen. Like you know, if they if they'd have done something sort of unusual and you know like that with some of the prequels I think it'd be a lot more interesting like have something to say, do something artistic with them that's sort of like, okay I'm going to have these two characters running parallel or they've actually got a similar fate So, but one chooses the, the dark side and one chooses the light, how do the generations differ? They could have done something but yeah I, I will say and, and my partner in crime Chris here, I'm sure will disagree with me but I actually quite like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom which was a, a decent prequel, um, but yeah, is that a prequel? Yeah, God, I should I should know that. <laughs> well, it's a wow. prequel. I, I really it's didn't realise that. It's my least favourite of the trilogy. A, I like the, uh, thank you for saying trilogy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Nothing. We do not talk about yeah. the other one. Yep. That's a adopted yeah. brother. Um, it, it was yep. a prequel by accident as well. But uh, it, but the thing is, I wouldn't say it was. A, I wouldn't say it's an intentional prequel because it's not setting anything up. It doesn't go back and try and explain anything. That's if true. anything, yep, it introduces. Yep. If anything, it introduces massive plot holes and makes uh, it makes Indy seem like a really careless bastard because. In, in obviously in, in Temple of I'm not going to go off on this, but you go in Temple of Doom. You've got a uh, short round who's this young sort of like you know uh, Chinese kid that he's sort of like semi adopted, and uh, Raiders is only set is meant to be set eighteen months later. What the hell happened to Short Round in that eighteen months? Because by that time he's like, yeah, I've forgotten all about it. If the I'm, Jedi can be considered an ancient religion. Ancient. <laughs> 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 and 18 months is a lifetime but no the the That's only true. other i mean it is really hard to come up with a, a prequel to to mike's question i think x-men first class you know another yes. michael vaughn That's a great I, film. I think That's, that is yeah. probably one of the only ones That's that i can really think of Mm. Mm. even that still isn't like uh, to be really douchey here that is a prequel i agree and it's a great movie but the source material that is driving deriving from isn't if we're going to be go down that road, it's not really a prequel because it had so much. Like the X Men franchise has been going since like the what was it like the thirties or something uh, or forties? I don't know exactly. So yeah, sixties. Sixties. There you go. Um, so obviously, still we go for like yeah, fifty plus years. So it's like it's got so many storylines in the comics that they could kind of draw from wherever. It's still a cracking movie. First class, one of my favorites of the X Men films. But it's that prequel has got some source material i'm uh, so i will give you a pass <laughs> but i will say with most prequels is normally where they have they have no other material to draw from and they have to create an original story they normally yeah. end up shooting themselves in the foot and it happens with games quite mm. a lot as well because in a game is the worst because they go let's do a prequel game okay where well, everything has to be worse technologically wise where you're like oh well let's make this new let's call it a prototype yeah. gun and let's just make it only in this one and you're like but this prototype gun's the best thing in the whole fucking game anyway that's beside the point but you know what I mean like the, the problem is with prequels is as you guys rightly say is plot is such a massive thing and for me Star Wars plot is huge especially because the expanded you know, the, the bigger universe with all the books and comics intertwining and it's just the prequels you just you know it loses any uh, any mm. weight because like when Obi-Wan's on Mustafar with uh, Anakin regardless of what happens to Anakin in episode 3 you know Obi-Wan's going to come out with all yeah. his limbs he has to so it, it, you know, yeah. in that sort of regard yeah. absolutely I agree I, I think that's a very good point and I think as well is when you're looking at I can't think of the top of my head a prequel that that is anywhere near as good as the originals but I would say as well Scott just your Godfather point that I've watched them films loads of times, but the first version of The Godfather I watched was actually a version my granddad got on uh, like a special box edition uh, video. And it was actually in historical order. So it started with Mm. uh, Robert De Niro. Yes. And that's... I've heard about this. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That's... 
that's the American TV edit, I think. Yeah, something yeah. like that. There was a second. Yeah, yeah. Because you can still get if you get the Blu-rays now, you can that that is it on the four. I've got it. I've one got of it, the special yeah. editions. I've got it. Yeah. Yeah, they've got that. They've got that version on there as well. Um, I do love that trilogy. Amazing. I, you know, Amazing. three is a, three. Three is a bit of a downer, but yeah, they, they are really good. Yeah, really. Um, good. Dave's not watched them either. We're going to be reviewing them, aren't we, Dave? It, it is a shame on my soul that I haven't watched oh, these yet. Oh, it's we, we will definitely class. tackle Same. those. Absolute class. I've got them as well. I've got the three on a box set, a collector's edition that I got ages ago that my dad got for me, or that my dad, I think, got for himself and he said I could have them. Um, and it's like, everyone I talk to has seen them, including even Megan. And you know, I'm much more of a movie buff than Megan and she's seen The Godfather. <laughs> I haven't. Um, and it's like, whenever I tell people I'm a movie buff and they, and they bring up The Godfather, I, and they go, how can you have a movie buff that's seen The Godfather? It's like, it's, I'm born, I was born in 94 and it's three hours long and everyone says the sequel is as good as the first one. So I have to invest about six hours of my life. Wolf of Wall Street's one of my favourite films ever. I've only watched that yeah. once because it's three hours long. <laughs> I haven't watched The Lord of the Rings extended yet. I've had them on Blu-ray for about five years because they're so fucking I'll tell you a story. When I when the um you know the Lord of the Rings um extended Blu-rays all came out and they did the special edition box sets, you know, with all the, with the you could watch the full mm-hmm. thing and all because I was I was big into the Lord of the Rings. Mm. I took three days off sick off work so I could watch them all and all the stuff on them. <laughs> and uh yeah, shouldn't really admit that no, now. Well, <laughs> but it was cracking. It, it, well, no, no, I'm a man after uh, my own art. I'm a massive gamer over anything. I always have been a gamer. Even now I've I've game every single day. And um, I used to take a day off every year for Pro Evo, which is absolute uh, dog shit now. But I used to take a day off every year when that come out on release. I used to ring around all the shops trying to get it released early around Manchester, saying one shop had opened it earlier than Break Street release and all that. But I did take two weeks off work once, actually, Scott, but ill when I first got with Sam, my wife, and uh, we completed uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, a, link to, a Link to the Past. So, um, yeah, two weeks Good off man. on the SNES, and uh, we had two weeks sickness. There was a terrible bug going around that, that two weeks. We had that, but we, we completed it, and also I had a man after your own heart there, definitely. Good man. Um, I, I, I'm going to just want to jump back on because I sort of, you know, I'm watching the time. And I, there's two things I really wanted to pick out of the trailer that. Um, I wanted sort of like, you know, people's sort of opinions on really from a speculation point of view. Um, in the trailer, you know, we've talked about sort of, um, you know, you see potentially see Palpatine in that sort of um, in the chair. But soon after, you see a Star Destroyer being either coming out of or being someone, I've heard someone suggesting being like levitated out of um, what looks like an ice field. Um, mm. that's something I, I want to work because that looks cool but then also the other thing is that final shot at the end of the trailer when it's just sort of like the whole space is just filled with Star Destroyers and then you've got um, mm. the um, the Millennium Falcon comes out and you've got all the ships behind it like all the goody ships and all the baddie ships um, and there's, mm. a, there's a line in the film that says um, it's Poe says you know um, good people will come come and fight for us um, and I, I think it's supposed to be a re- almost like a redemption again for Last Jedi because in Last Jedi they put out the or- they put out the call, don't they, when they're on the the sort of the salt planet at the end and nobody comes. There. Mm, yeah, they great. actually say like, oh, people have heard it, but no one's coming, and that's when Luke turns up. Um, is this going to be the thing of like they put out the call again and all the ships turn up and that's going to be the final space battle? Is going to be an all out battle in space like star destroyers versus like every potential rebel ship because isn't like the ship from rebels been spotted in there and some other stuff so, yes yeah ghost 
Yes, that that's in that shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll I'll put my two cents in this essentially, which is um, yeah, the the ghost sh- the ship called Ghost from Star Wars Rebels that is seen in that, so everyone's very excited about that because the character in Rebels, uh, Sin- uh Hera Syndulla, um, she is. Her voice, uh, over the intercom, you hear General Sindula being called in mm. Rogue One, uh, which is interesting. But the animated series of uh, Rebels and things and Resistance, to our knowledge, none of the characters originals from there have actually been in live action at all, to our, to our knowledge. Except Chopper, which is the droid in Rebels. You can see for like one fucking second in Rogue One. But... um. Yeah, so everyone's kind of stoked about that. There's going to be a lot of other characters from like the Star Wars comics that weren't in the main films that are associated with the uh, rebellion, etc. And I think with the the big end thing, as you say, you know, kind of the redemption from Last Jedi. Well, there's there's a comic book series called Allegiance, and it's uh, four parts, and I've recently finished it, and it's basically set between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. And to my knowledge, apart from two books is the only other content between those two films and essentially what it is is leia uh poe finn and ray going around trying to find allies you know as uh, called allegiance and one part is they go to um mon Cala, which is where admiral akbar is from and they basically talk to his son and they basically there's a there's a plot there's more to the plot but they basically go there get the allies from the the mon calamari people and the quorum um and then the first order show up and probably blow up the whole planet um so in from what i gather i think it's 18 months or so between last jedi and rise of skywalker from what i can gather at least from that comic alone is that almost the whole time between those films all leia and the our plucky band of uh, resistance fighters are doing is going around and trying to find all the people they had uh relationships with before the first order came into it or before the empire got you know destroyed or whatever so i think what it is is going to be rallying and you're going to see loads of familiar faces you're going to have so many cameos no one's going to know what to do with themselves you know people like me who you know can know these characters that get one random name mentioned there's a character called nora wexley who's in the books i've mentioned the previous ones but which is set just after uh return of the jedi so there's going to be a lot of that in there and obviously as you say there's so many ships there like you see all the star destroyers you go oh fuck they're fucked aren't they and then you see the rebel base you wrote rebels and you're like where the hell have these will come from? Where where the hell where were these guys when they were on the crate? And if they didn't have a basically hologram of the long lost Jedi, if they didn't have that, they'd be dead. So it is that how how far do we think they're going to be going uh, of, uh, like at the start? How much preamble essentially is it going to be at the start of the Rise of Skywalker of trying to get the re- the resistance built back up again? Or is it that they're already going to be there? You know, that's kind of a thing. I've just thrown you guys loads of information, not answered Scott's yeah. questions, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I like the idea of it being a bit like the Blues Brothers now. It's going to be like they're getting the band back together. So the first part of the film is literally them going around and, and, and getting sort of like, you know... Um, a, but yeah, that sounds pretty good. Uh, no, yeah, I, I just find that the whole thing, I mean, it, you know, it, it it feels a bit like... Is it, I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a trailer, so it's there to tease. But is that the third act? You know, I mean, that feels a bit... A bit like, you know, they're laying too much. Are we missing something? Because the thing is, well, someone pointed out to me, um, and they were quite right, is that all of the Star Wars trailers for the sequels have lied. There's always been something Mm. in there, there's been a piece of information that is edited together to such an extent that... When you see it, there you go. That well, that's how it must be in the film. Of course, that's what it is. And then when you go back to it, you're like, oh, okay, actually, no, they're completely different scenes. So we're seeing that as the Star Destroyers are facing off against the Rebel ships, it could be something completely different. Because what you're, what I'm seeing there is going, oh, that's the third act. But is it? 
You know, one of the things, I mean, we've not really touched on this, but, you know, it's all owned by Disney, obviously, and and they must have retreats and stuff like that where they share ideas across the different organizations. And, you know, I may be biased with this, but I, I think Marvel, more than any other franchise in recent years, has been the one to really hit it out of the park. And mm. Kevin Feige is going to be getting, you know, who architected all of that, you know, is going to be getting a lot more involved mm. in the Star Wars franchise. One of the things that Marvel, and again, they didn't start off this way, but it, they in the last few years, they seem to have stumbled across this formula where they can show you a lot in the trailer without really giving away all of the plot. Mm. And actually, you know, all the mm. stuff that you can see in the trailer is quite often just from the first act. So although I've watched the trailer... I'm not really, you know, it's not like Dark Phoenix where they just gave away the whole plot and and you know, <laughs> the reveal and the death even, you know, is going to happen. Yeah. I I think they might have borrowed from Marvel here, and I I don't think it's given away that much in the story. Mm. I mean, the the final trailer is like just over three minutes, and uh, it, the the runtime got confirmed, I think, uh, earlier this week. Um, and it's it's over two hours, but just over two hours. Like it's two hours ten, two hours fifteen, something like that. So that's still like a, you yeah. know such a small portion of the film that's been been put out there. Um, and that they don't appear to be sort of like you know putting out all those clips and the, the smaller teasers with new footage. Like it's all very constrained. Um, so you might be right. Like you know we could we could have only seen like footage from the first. That, that's the thing, isn't it? They'll say, oh yeah, you've only seen footage from the first half of the film, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that's a very, very good point, uh, sort of, in all, all that regard. I mean, they do one thing. That, I think they've got used to it a lot more now. Is that you know, with trailers before you'd go to the cinema, you'd see the trailer. That would mm-hmm. really be the only place you see the trailer. So if there's a bit of plot info, it's different. But nowadays, you get like the Star Wars uh, YouTubers that I follow. That I don't watch these videos, but they do like trailer breakdowns, like a half an hour thing where they do a shot by shot, trying to work out what's happening. I don't watch them because I think if they're wrong, they've wasted my time, <laughs> and if they're right, they've ruined my film. So why do I care? Um, and also, it's just a trailer, like as you say, a lot of the trailer. One thing to bring up, because um, we're going to have to start to wrap up here because it's getting a bit late. But um, one thing to think: uh, Did you guys see the, the footage from the Disney Expo of Dark Race? Did, yes. did any of you guys yes. stumble I across didn't, that? No. Okay. Well, basically, there's a footage. It's a twenty something second trailer. It's basically just footage from. Well, there's only a bit of new footage within it, I should say. Um, and basically, at one point for like two seconds, you see Ray with a double-ended red lightsaber. It's, she's on screen maybe two seconds, I think. Um, and the thing is that the reason I want to bring that up was basically to dispute <laughs> it, which is almost pointless for you, Chris and Dave. But essentially, why people like have got a lot of theories on this. But it's like if Ray did actually, if the big twist in you know Rise of Skywalker was going to be Ray turns to the dark side and then you know that happens. They wouldn't have put it in there because it's too obvious. So they're only a kind of a balance of what you said, Scott, and the part of what you said as well, Dave, is they're kind of putting things in to throw you off, in a sense. Like a lot of the stuff, they you know, they obviously understand that they Episode nine is one of the biggest films of the decade, if you know, and it's they've got so much weight to carry and trying to align the wrongs of uh, Last Jedi and with Force Awakens and the prequels, and obviously JJ said he's gonna try and incorporate the prequels in it, which obviously now we know is why, because the Emperor and blah blah blah. They're so a lot of the time with the finishing finale of a, of a trilogy there's going to be some big action scenes and stuff but obviously a lot of it is probably going to be a big oh pull the wool off your eyes blindfold off whatever i said earlier moment so they're probably not going to be able to show too much of the really that sort of action they don't want to show too much of the lightsaber battle because that's probably the coolest part of probably the whole film and then all that's left really is plot 
And the problem is, if, if it's going to be quite a tight film rather than Last Jedi, which is quite a conflated runtime, if it is 2 hours 15, which is generally the average, if that is the case, they're going to have so much rammed in there and so much information that if it's almost going to be quite difficult to cherry pick the information without spoiling it. So the information we've probably got from the trailers is probably specifically, as you say, to just redirect our attention to kind of um mm. what's the, like jingle keys you know when you're sat there and something's about to come in the room then someone like makes a noise on the other side of the room so you look the opposite side to nothing and that other thing comes in i, I, I honestly think that's this, that sorry i was trying to say that that thing about the you know you, you i think you're spot on mike i think you're you're completely right i think the thing with the dark ray it was troll baiting that's all it was because it was that thing of mm. you know these people that are going like it's too woke it's a feminist agenda and all that crap <laughs> And then they were like, all right, how about this? Look, she's going to be a Sith. And they all go, oh, look at that. They're bloody ruined this now. They're bloody ruined that. And you're like, no. And that's, and I, I can imagine that JJ and the rest of them and Kathleen Kennedy are sat back going, what a bunch of prats. Like, what a bunch of pricks. Like, it's what it's, like you said, two seconds of footage. And I, there were articles on it. There was vi- uh, YouTube videos. And you just think, None of this is going to happen. Like none of this is it's going to be a force vision or it's going to be something else. It's awesome. Well, don't waste your time over it. Um, and the, I see the trailers doing the same. Like it was hilarious. You know when they're those sort of there's, in part of the um, trailer, they're all on horses. They are horse looking things. Yeah. There was a great article I saw, and the headline was "These are not horses." And I'm like, well, the, yeah, I get that. It's not. It's set in space. It's of course they're not. <laughs> fucking idiots but it was it, but it's like someone got so like you know uh, animated over this like, oh my god what does that mean and they're getting like all this stuff you're like doesn't matter it's like you know it <laughs> so this is why matter. I don't watch that stuff and and you know I try yeah. and steer clear of the toxicity you know I'll, I'll read a bit around it but you know when it's particularly toxic I do get sucked in you know and I find myself mm. getting irate myself so I, I try and take myself out there but what what I'm I'm gonna join two things up now, and I'm gonna possibly add a bit of weight to that theory. So there's a character uh, in the Marvel comics called X23, and she's basically a female clone of Wolverine. Basically, it's an excuse to put Wolverine uh, and give him breasts, right? To to get more comic fans to buy the comic, but. <laughs> What the explanation for that is, they've tried to clone Wolverine over and over, but the Y chromosome is damaged. Obviously, males come with an X and a Y chromosome. So Mm -hmm. they have to, because the Y chromosome is damaged, they have to uh, make an X and X chromosome, so it's female. There is a theory, I do know Mm. about this one, out there that, that Palpatine could have a clone. And I think this has happened in the the kind of extended universe. Yeah, legends. Yeah, it did. So it was what in the if original you know that Y chromosome was damaged, and Ray is Palpatine? Well, that is a big. Th- no, that's that's a pretty good theory. But that is a clone. Ray is actually quite a oh, big. I thought it was being theory. Fucking original. Say, you know, example, <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. With the whole, for example, the dark side cave in Last Jedi, when she's there and she wants to know who her parents are, and then she looks in that weird mirror thing, and there's like hundreds of her, and they're all mm-hmm. doing the same yep. thing, and you don't know which one's her necessarily. You know, well, a lot of people say that that is clones that shows that she didn't really come from anywhere she is just a clone she has no actual parents and obviously a palpatine did 
in a lot of legends he messed around with clone technology like a lot like in the force unleashed second game uh there's clones of star killer um in the original uh sort of um, heir to the empire trilogy i think it's called um with which had basically you know the luke that everyone really liked grandmaster luke and stuff it was palpatine cloned himself and then a bigger badder version of him came back and then turned luke to the dark side and then luke's son turned him back and they or luke's daughter turned him back or something and then you know it's all this sort of the clone thing is is a quite a hot theory but i think it's a theory that a lot of us in the star wars think fandom are kind of like we'd rather they didn't do that because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a cheat in a sense you know like it's one of those plot devices almost like why did this crazy criticism happen <laughs> the force why is ray look evil it's a clone it's like oh fuck off can you think of anything else please or like wait how did that happen well you know it's gonna be some sort of time bending technology they're gonna go back in time it's like, oh I've, no those i know sort of one tropes of sci-fi. so you're now saying she's a clone and he's gonna bring back the prequels and you said about the em- <clears throat> the emperor I don't think that's what it is. I think one of them, possibly Finn, let's say it's Finn, just for the purposes of this, is going to fly off and he's going to end up on a sort of like a really sort of watery, sort of stormy world. And he's going to walk in and there'll be those long necked aliens. And he's going to walk in and be like, what, what the fuck is this? And they're going to go, ah, Finn, you're back. And they're like, what? And he'll find it, and it'll be exactly like Obi Wan. He'll look out a window, and there's a there's a clone army of Ray, just hundreds and hundreds of Rays. Oh, I thought you That's were going to say George Binkses. <laughs> oh yeah, hundreds and hundreds of Gungans. I no, I that want that to happen. Me. I want there to be a clone army of Ray now, just for all those sort of like you say those toxic fans just to explode, just sort of there. That's yeah. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, I think listening to what you guys have said, I would take my obviously wild conspiracy about Kylo Ren, and I think Scott has probably got it on the money. I think once Leia gets um, killed off, that's when you could see Ben Solo uh, resurrect himself and just redeem and save the day at the last minute. Uh, But I do think there's more to what Dave said. I think that's a very good point. Maybe she is interwoven in his DNA. Obviously she wouldn't be that age that she is if she, because when the emperor actually got killed off was like 30 years early. She's not 30. She's barely 20. I think uh, even in, in this third mm-hmm. one, because it's pretty much carried on one after the other. There's not really been a couple of years like there was between sort of uh, new hope and empire and stuff like that. I think, Possibly she is a clone, or she could be something to the Emperor. But I do think Scott, you are absolutely right with uh, Kylo Ren. I think that's that's absolutely on the money. I'd be very surprised if that because it's his mother. He couldn't kill her in the Last Jedi, and if he sees someone else taking her out, I think all bets are going to be off, and he's just going to absolutely annihilate everyone. Yeah. Well, I think this is quite a, a good place to sort of wrap things up because it's getting quite late when you get near. We've passed the two hour mark, really. So it's um, uh, if we just wrap things up, then very uh, very briefly, I'd say um, one big thing. If we just each say sort of one thing we'd like from um, the Rise of Skywalker, just any it could be anything random. I'll I'll, uh, I'll say I I think they already got this, but I want the lightsaber battle to be better than anything in any of the films i wanted to completely eclipse return uh, revenge of the sith that's the main thing i want from this plot wise all these other things that's the thing i'm the most uh interested by i'll say that i'll leave i'll go to you guys and then after that after just a short thing we'll just then uh, sort of uh, lead out so um if we'll go down so if, if dave do you have a, a, a thing specifically that you the, like a one thing you really would love to well, have i do appreciate you, you coming have, like, to me wish. first because i was starting to feel like i know what my middle child feels like now because <laughs> you <laughs> just always second it doesn't matter where you start so <laughs> so um <laughs> 
You know what? Although, you know, I've pissed and moaned a bit as we've gone through this crossover, I have absolutely loved it. And I, it's just a shame, you know, this this little event is, uh, is going to come to an end. But I'm absolutely psyched. You know, it may not sound like it, but I can't wait for this movie. I think they're going to get it. I think for all the negative criticism, I believe in the evil empire that is Disney, and I think they'll they'll give us what we want. What I want is some kind of uh, moment, because I, I kind of feel like this is going to end on a happy ending. I want them to really challenge that. I want that Captain America moment in Endgame where he's facing down the, the Thanos army with his broken shield on his own, and you think all hope is lost. And then... That's when the cavalry arrive. I, but I, I need... They're going to have to work pretty hard to make me feel like all hope is lost. John Williams is always there with the score, so he's pretty good at making me feel what I should feel. And uh, but, but that's what I'm looking for. Wonderful. Okay, well then, let's keep it with the uh, the comics and motion guys. Go on then, Chris, what do you... Uh, if you could have one I, thing... I've got two, in, and I'll be very uh, quick. I promise you, Mike. That, no, okay. not allowed. No, right, well, I'm just kidding. Right, okay. So go ahead, have um, to. <laughs> building it up and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. But I've got two. Uh, right, hang on. I'm so sorry. So I think the one thing they've got yeah. to do, and going off what we saw, what I saw in April, which I actually think cinematically was the best thing I've ever seen in Endgame, they have got to up that end fight in Endgame for me. Absolutely. I know it's going to be spaceships and all that stuff. It's got to be, for me, it's got to absolutely blow Endgame out of the water. And I really, really hope that they do. I just genuinely hope we get a proper full stop on everything and we're not having to... And Mike, I love the fact that you know fucking everything about Star Wars, but I really don't want us having another podcast so you can explain what actually happened in this because they've had to write a comic <laughs> because I've absolutely loved this, but really it'll be total bullshit from China if we go down that route. I will not be happy. And finally, the only other thing I want, which I'm so glad is may happen, is we finally get the love triangle between Chewie, Ray, and Lando. <laughs> what? <laughs> for the Falcon, is I that, Is that one of these? Yeah. Is this? Well, you, you got another Falcon. friend who's got certain videos that you like? He likes watching furries. They call them furries, don't they? So yeah, it's like not just furries the midgets as well. It's called Enter the Jedi. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Go on then, Scott. Bring us. I'm home. not sure I can top you that. I'm, I'm not sure what you'd want to say. Yeah, I'm not sure where to go with that. Um, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think the thing is, I, I actually, <laughs> I, you know, I agree with him. I think this is an opportunity for them to really sort of, you know, to to go out on a, on a grand finale, and, and they've got so much sort of history, and you know, like you said, what you said, we did shit all over the prequels, but again, we said continually like there were good things in there, like you know, some of the action was great and that sort of thing. And they've got an opportunity to do that, and I really do hope that they do sort of stick with some of the stuff that works in this formula. You know, I really want an, a massive, epic, um, three-leveled finale. I want that sort of like that massive grand battle in space. I want there to be a duel or something going on somewhere, and then a land battle because that that I love. I love the way they work that stuff. Um, and just from what you were saying, Dave, I think you know that the idea is. If I if there is a shot in this film of the the sort of uh, the Millennium Falcon on its own, alone in space, facing down hundreds of star destroyers, and then all of a sudden, I'm not I'm not expecting like you know on your left or anything like that, but like 
all of a sudden, all these other sh- ships start to appear out of hyperspace. You know, like, and you just get like more and more and more and building up. I'm, until I'm you not being funny. That. Sorry to cut across you there, Scott. Genuinely, yeah. truthfully, I've got goosebumps. Just you describing that scene, I've got goosebumps now. Completely involuntary reaction. It will be awesome. That's what I'm. That's what I'm predicting. That's because that scene in the trailer where you, you know you, the trailer actually shows all the ships already there, and then the Millennium Falcon sort of adjusting. You know, it comes into view. It sort of adjusts itself. But I do think that I honestly think if they haven't, that's a missed opportunity. But that idea of the Millennium Falcon f- like facing down, because um, they, they did something similar in the Last Jedi. They had you know the, the lone uh, posed lone X-wing facing off against the the dreadnought thing. It looks great. That's what I think is going to happen. That's what I would love to see. That's my thing. I want a massive space battle, but I want it to start with a lone Millennium Falcon facing off against an absolute armada of Star Destroyers. Well, that's absolutely incredible. Well, you know, obviously the big thing is here with this huge, massive collaboration we've had loads of fun doing, and I'm very uh, honoured to be involved in this uh, with you guys. Uh, And I'll let you guys sort of promo your shows in a second. But um, one thing about this is that we all have a love for Star Wars, which is incredible. And I think we should do this sort of thing again, uh, definitely when there's like the other... I will give it a few years, you know, and then when I'm really, really famous in podcasting land, um, (laughs) which is not going to (laughs) happen. But um, when I become the next Joe Rogan, clearly, just have you guys on and uh, pay, you know, a year's wage of just one podcast. (laughs) when that definitely happens um so i i just think that we're all such big fans of star wars we've all had it 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 means something different to all of us but equally the same in some sort of way and we all interpret all the films sort of a little bit differently and they've all had a different impact on our lives but i think we all take away from this that we, we all love star wars we all appreciate how flawed they are and all and there's certain films you don't watch as much and certain films we like to mourn and all that sort of stuff. But the thing is that we we love the world. We love the feel. We love the music. We, we love how it feels to be in the cinema and experiencing this new film or new experience and obviously The Mandalorian, etc. It, it's just, we're just such fans of it. And that's one of the things that I think I've loved the most about this collaboration is the fact that regardless of any of us having different opinions on XYZ, it, we, we just, we love the films. And you don't, have to the point here is you don't have to be a fanboy to love a film and you don't have to apologize for every bad thing that's in it i mean i've got a lot of little plot holy fill filling bits but i'll be the first one to tell you jar jar pinks is shit and should have been in it you know i'll be the first one to say last jedi love it it's a really cool film but it's really weird interwoven comedy that shouldn't have really been in it force awakens too safe but that you can criticize a film to to great depth but still love it and that's kind of what it's like with having best friends as well you can have your best friend of the world you call each <laughs> other the worst names but you still love each other at the end of it and that's kind of how i feel with star wars is that even if there's a shit one every now and then it that the universe itself is what really means something to me so i want to say you know thank you to you guys for not only having me on your podcast previously but coming on this one and um if you just want to say like um each of you could say a final word, just promote your show a little bit and then we'll sort of uh, close it out. So, um, Scott, if you want yeah, to uh, go thank, first. Well, Mike, just <laughs> thank you much for saying all that. I really, you know, really appreciate it. And to be fair, it was it was Dave and, and, and Chris and yourself that sort of like, you know, uh, Dave, you got in contact with me about this. So I want to thank you all as well for it. was Dave and Chris more yeah, than me. Yeah. So it's Comics and Motion VHS, you, you two you guys. Up, the ones so this, so thank, thank you so much for it because I've had an absolute blast doing this. It has been, it has been so much fun. And you know it's made me laugh endlessly both on and off the recording so thank you so much for for doing this we will do it again at some point in the future um 
but yeah, guys, I just want to sort of give a quick plug then for 20th Century Geek. Uh, please find us on Twitter and all the social media. It's at 20th Century Geek. Uh, the podcast is out there on uh, iTunes, Spotify, and all the usual podcast catchers. It's me basically bringing on all kinds of different people, or just by myself, looking at all elements of pop culture history, uh, movie reviews, comment reviews, books, discussions, all kinds of things, all relating to 20th century pop culture. Wonderful. Well, and I want to just quickly say that um, a favourite of mine of yours, and I'm, I'm slightly going to be listening to a lot more of your show. I must say, I haven't listened to a huge amount. I do apologise. But the one thing I'd say, if anyone want, likes my show, likes genuine chit chat, the entry level to go in for 20th Century Geek, for my opinion of what I've heard, is number 87, which is uh, Religion's Iconography in Horror Films uh, with Peter Laws. It just talks about how religion impact has impacted sort of horror in a lot of ways. And I thought, I thought Scott, that episode is absolutely incredible. And I'm generally, I'm making my way through the rest of your back catalogue. So I really love that. And uh, thank you so much. And so, Chris and Dave, uh, you guys normally do this sort of uh, the promo thing between the two of you. So uh, I'll <laughs> well, leave it to you guys to well, I'll promote go yourselves. First, and I will say, I can't take any credit for what we've done here. I've absolutely loved every single minute of it. We've had some proper laughs. That the hardest part of it was watching the fucking prequels. And I know you mentioned before, Mike, <laughs> about it being six hours The Godfather. But if you can go through the prequels, you can definitely watch The Godfather. So maybe we need to do a, a get-together on The Godfather down the line. I had nothing to do with organising this other than me and Dave having a bit of a chat. Dave has organised all this, so he deserves all the credit. I have literally been, and I did say this to Dave, you guys have been going email after email, everything. I've been like the talent who comes in, the fact that I've got no talent, but I've just turned up on the day, produced it, threw in a few one-liners, and then I've walked away. Dave has been organising this for you two, so I can't take any credit. But the fact that I'm here has just been an absolute pleasure. You're both really good guys. Dave, obviously, he's one of my you know best mates, um, even if he's a Liverpool fan. But other than that, he's a great guy. Um, and if you do want to listen to what me and Dave do uh, on one of our... F- couple of our podcasts it's the vhs strikes back where we go and look at movies from about 2005 backwards and i just try and stitch dave up all the time with some of the worst films ever so uh, and we have got some proper classics on there and hopefully the godfather will be on soon so uh, no thank you very much mike so i mean chris describes himself as the talent there who comes in at the last minute i describe him more <laughs> As Del Griffin, who comes in and steals my fucking taxi. (laughs) And I only describe him as that because we've just watched Planes, Trains and Automobiles and and realised that we we are both, you know, two of those very different characters in there. So, no, I appreciate that, Chris. And, and, uh, you know, again, I I came up with the original germ of an idea and, uh, yeah, I'm quite willing to take all the credits. No, no, seriously, you guys have driven this as much as I... (laughs) So, you know, we talked about it as an original idea, but, you know, you guys have equally pushed it as well. And I think that's pushed us all along. And it's it's become this kind of genuine collaboration. So, no, it's been absolutely fantastic. What I'd say is, um, as well as the VHS Strikes Back, we obviously have Comics in Motion as well, where we cut our teeth. We're going to do our 100th ep- episode uh, next week. That will release, and we're going to go back to Batman 1966. And when I say 100th episode, it's probably near 102nd, 103rd, but we've done some miscounting along the way somewhere and fuck it we're going to call it our hundredth <laughs> that's the kind of podcast honesty that I love <laughs> with this yeah. kind of uh, collaboration 
Well, I'll, if it, that's all then, guys, I'll, I'll sort of uh, close this out then. Um, and I will just quickly say, um, if any of you guys uh, like, you know, Chris and Dave from Comics and Motion VHS Strikes Back, quick plug for my own show. Uh, Genuine Chit Chat, um, episode 63. Uh, we talk about the menagerie of different podcasts Chris and Dave had their hands in. And I didn't realise before recording that there was about fucking 20. <laughs> I thought there was like three. And they go through all of them. So we have a great laugh on that. And they mention briefly in this chat about them being in uh, a band and things with uh, their drummer and things. They talk about their band as well. We have some absolutely fantastic laughs about that. And I'm sure I'll have them on in the future. I want to have Scott on the, on Genuine Chit in the future as well and i'm sure we'll make that happen so it's like this collaboration with the the brilliance of it is it goes with the end of sort of episode nine and it closes out the skywalker saga uh, skywalker saga skywalker saga jesus can't even say the last word and i know i'm running i'm running i've got one minute left of juice and then i'll collapse and pass out um but yeah, it's it's fine. It's kind of ending with the Skull Saga, but our collaboration of future and stuff is kind of starting, and it's kind of a crazy, weird way of looking at it. But it's almost like the balance of Star Wars, isn't it? The good and the bad, the start and the ending, the beginning and the end. It's the end of Star Wars in a sense of the Skywalker Saga is really the start of the rest of Star Wars, and this collaboration is the start of the rest of our lives after post collaboration. So you know. I already knew Chris and Dave, but Scott, it's been genuinely an absolute pleasure to uh, chat with you, meet with you, and also Chris and Dave. You know, I already know you guys. So you don't need any thanks. Fuck off. So, uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, <laughs> absolute pleasure having you on, guys. And I think uh, I'll include links to all your shows and everything like that uh, down below. So, you know, once again, thanks for uh, coming on the show and having me in the collaboration. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thank you, guys. Yeah, cheers, cheers guys. Scott. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys. Um, as I say, if you enjoyed these two episodes and you haven't already checked out the episodes on 20th Century Geeks podcast and you haven't checked out the episodes on either the Comics in Motion or the VHS Strikes Back podcast feeds, you need to go check them out because, as you can hear in this, we had loads of fun. It was a great chat, and um, we did it in uh, four different sittings. We did, you know, these part one and part two of this chat in one sitting, and then we did each of the uh, 20th Century Geek ones in a sitting. And then the Comics and Motion of VHS Strikes Back. Um, it's the review of A New Hope. The same episode is on both of their feeds. Um, so, you know, go check that out. Coming up, um, I should have an episode with my friend Alex recorded for uh, Movies of the Year. I imagine episode 9 will be included in that because I think we're seeing it. Um, we're doing the podcast a few days after episode 9 should be out, if Alex does go and see episode 9 that is, um, we'll, so it'll be a little movie roundup thing of the year um, that'll be coming out, um, I'm aiming to try and do an episode with my mate Reese, who obviously is a regular collaboration Well, regular collaboration. he's a regular guest on the show uh, he was on the very first episode of Genuine Chit Chat where we discuss whether or not it's ever right to in air quotes, punch a Nazi um, and he's been on the show several times since then about gaming and about this and about that um, so, you know, it's, really, it's always really fun to have him on and also he is one of my best friends so it's always good just to sit with them and chat for a couple hours um, I've also got uh, next week's episode will be part one of my chat with Nick and Kira. Uh, Nick is the host of, well, he's got his own little podcast. He releases sort of a university project. I think it's got one episode out and it's 20 minutes long and that's the whole thing at, at present. Um, but the other thing is essentially a podcast where him and Kira are doing uh, where they basically have an argument about 
something they believe is better. Um, it's basically, you know, which one they think is best, and they just debate and discuss about it. Um, so I had them on the show to kind of then promote that a little bit, but also just to chat with them because they're both really cool people. Um, that's more of a, lot of a fun podcast. Um, my girlfriend Megan's in that podcast as well, so because they're I know Nick through Megan, so it's another podcast. If any of you are fans of uh, Megan being in the episodes, then uh, that's another one for that. Um, just to clarify, um, there'll be two more episodes released after this one, uh, and then the Sunday between Christmas and New Year, I will not be releasing a new episode um, because I normally like to take a break at that sort of time, to be completely honest with you guys. Um, so, you know, if you are a new listener or you're a subscriber and you haven't listened to every single episode and you're going to miss out on the Christmas, you know, it's going to be over the Christmas period, you're going to miss an episode of Genuine Chit Chat. Just go check out the back catalogue. Um, if you're kind of stuck for what to listen to and you've listened to quite a few episodes and you don't really know where to go, uh, if you go on YouTube, I've put most of the episodes in playlists. Um, there's genres for funny ones, genres just for movie ones, genres for uh, sort of social and political ones, ones of other podcasters, ones of entrepreneurs, um, science ones. Like I've, There's quite a few playlists. I think there's like eight or nine playlists and things. Uh, the funnier, more comedic chats are on there. So it's kind of what, whatever you like about genuine chit chat you can go on youtube find out what episodes are on and then download them from you know the usual podcatcher apps because i know that my audience of you guys is uh, a few hundred people and i'm very happy about that and i really appreciate that of like you know regular listeners and then a few hundred extra people each sort of episode um but it's quite funny because on youtube literally no one listens there's like two or three listens per episode on youtube which isn't necessarily a big problem i don't really care i just put on youtube kind of even if it is only the two people listening on youtube i do appreciate the two people listening um i appreciate everyone listening it's just quite funny that youtube is probably the way people can find the show and believe they get an idea of how many listeners it's got at the most accurate way when in reality it is the least accurate way of checking how many listeners this show has got obviously i don't really go into detail about numbers because that's not really the reason i do it i just do it because it's fun and i like talking to people um anyway i'm gonna stop rambling now because getting you know too much and already this episode was one of the longest ones especially as it's a part two and it's like an hour and 20 minutes or something so i'm gonna stop rambling um and coming in the new year, I've, I think I said I've got an episode rec- uh, released with, uh, recorded rather, with Janine Mercer of the Odd Entity podcast. That will probably be released in the first week of January, and I have got other episodes with people uh, in the pipeline. So I'm going to go now. Um, always appreciate people liking, subscribing, following, all the usual social media things. Um, and I'll be back next week. So I hope you guys have a great week and things. And is it appropriate to say, May the Force be with you at the end of a Star Wars collaboration podcast? I'm going to say it. May the force be with you. I'll see you guys next week.